When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone and welcome into wake and take it's your boy jason and we have some football to talk about today it's wednesday so we're just gonna do a little bit of a news rundown it's gonna be fun it's gonna be great it's gonna be like a good old classic wake and take episode tons of news to talk about i don't even know where to begin of course the big stories are that anthony richardson and james connor have landed on ir in between the last in between the, the last episode yesterday and today's episode so we'll of course talk about the ramifications of that and plenty plenty more i found some great spicy news stories today so so sit back relax we've got a good one coming up today let's sip our coffee and enjoy the show just because i see this question right here on instagram we'll start with the question i'll normally do it but this guy ap49805 says jason i need you <laughs> need rb bad you were offered uh cd lamb and james cook for stefan diggs i'd do it i'd do it for sure i mean technically cd lamb and stefan diggs are very comparable so to get james cook as the cherry on top that sounds like a good trade to me i'm a james cook fan Rough week last week, which presents this buy window, but he's still going to get utilized heavily. And C.D. Lamb, while I do view him as a sell, that's still a really, really good piece to get uh, for Diggs. So C.D. Lamb and James Cook for Stephon Diggs. Go ahead and do that, my friend. Go ahead and do that. Good morning, chat. Good morning, big time Timmy Jim. Good morning, Anthony. Good morning, All City 617. Glad to see you guys this morning. We've got some stories. We've got some news. I want to start off with this, though. I want to share my screen. I want to show you this video just because I think it's fun, just because it's a little drama. And why not add a little drama to the morning? Now, cry later. You got something for that. Just trust. If we see them again, just trust. And we're going to put it just like that. I ain't going to put too much on it. You're going to make it personal. We can make it personal. I think, uh, How you know, personal it was already. It was already personal before the game started. And now, um, 42 to 10, I don't think you like want to see us again. It might be a little bit worse. <laughs> so for those of you on the Instagram audience, those of you listening uh, on the podcast version, that was on, uh, on Kay Adams' show. She had Debo Samuel on playing the clip of Micah Parsons uh, calling George Kittle's shirt that said F Dallas personal and taking it too far but if you'll remember before the game micah parsons was talking so much uh not only about him but the cowboys how much they'll beat the 49ers and everything and then so k interviews debo samuel and is like hey well how personal is it and debo samuel hits it with the well it was personal before we beat you 42 to 10. I don't think you want to see us again. It's going to be worse next time. I love that kind of stuff. I love the competitive attitude within this league. 
of course. And uh, you guys know I'm a Debo Samuel guy, so I think it was fun to see them all fired up by that. And I don't doubt it, right? I don't doubt that the 49ers would absolutely trounce the Cowboys if they met in the playoffs. The 49ers are just so good at football. And speaking of the 49ers being good at football, get this, guys. And you would have never guessed it. Brock Purdy is now the favorite to win the NFL MVP heading out of week five. This is on Bet Online AG. That's right. Brock Purdy is the betting favorite to be this season's MVP as of right now. And it makes sense. I mean, he's leading Patrick Mahomes in basically every efficiency category, having a fantastic season. The 49ers are undefeated, looking like they won't lose a game unless they play maybe the Eagles or something. Brock Purdy, a huge part of that. We've talked about it uh, really all offseason, right, about how, yes, he is a game manager, but he's a really good game manager. He does a fantastic job at operating the Kyle Shanahan offense, finding the open receivers frequently. As we've seen Brandon Ayuk get unlocked on this offense, it is proven now that Brock Purdy is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Brock Purdy is better than Trey Lance. This is an option in the passing attack that was basically boomer bust would sometimes have his weeks. Now Brandon Ayuk is hitting every single week and a huge part of that, if not all of that, is Brock Purdy. So again, we did it on Monday. We did it on Monday, but again, I really just want to give a round of applause to this guy. I love it. I love it. I love it. Going from Mr. Irrelevant to Mr. Relevant, to be completely honest, one of the best stories in this league and one of the better players really operating at a high level. It's extremely fun to watch. Extremely fun to watch. I hope he continues. I hope he keeps it up. And I think he will. And I think he will. Someone who unfortunately is not keeping it up for the next few weeks is Anthony Richardson. As he lands on IR, Anthony Richardson is going to miss at least the next four weeks. I'm assuming it's only going to be four weeks. From what I hear is he's not opting to do the uh, the, the surgery for his shoulder injury. So that means it's more than likely just a recovery period, which will be about four weeks. Some cases in this would only be three, but since he went on IR, it's four, meaning that when he comes back in five weeks, he'll probably be fully healthy. Back to the high ceiling, Anthony Richardson. The big concern here is, will he get hurt again? This guy's been hurt in every single game and almost every single quarter he's played, he's getting injured. It seems to come down to his play style. So I really hope he can take this time to evaluate how he's playing. Now, he probably won't, let's be honest. I mean, he'll at least think about it, give it some high-level thought. But that's how the guy plays football. Now, we did see this with Josh Allen early in his career. We saw it with Justin Herbert early in his career. So I do think better days are ahead for Anthony Richardson. So I'm 100% using this opportunity to try to buy him. This is probably going to be one of the last times you can. Because like I said, I do think when he comes back, he probably will still be searching for contact. I mean, he's still built like a linebacker, but you know, hopefully it's a little bit better. Hopefully he slides a little bit more. Hopefully he gets out of bounds a little bit more. Hopefully he throws it away a little bit more. All these things can add up and then lessen his chance for uh, re-injuring himself in some other way. I mean, it's pretty spectacular that every time he's been injured, it's been a new type of injury, but that's also probably a good thing, right? I mean, that he's not re-injuring things, not letting things linger. He's just a tough football player who seeks contact. And that we thought would be okay for his size, given he's literally bigger than any linebacker in the league, basically. But it isn't. It isn't. I mean, he's so fast, so strong, and hitting people uh, at high speeds. 
you're going to get hurt. So again, he's got to watch how he plays. He's got to think about it. But still, this is a buy window. I think he'll be fine when he returns. And hopefully he can follow the Josh Allen, Justin Herbert path of getting right within, you know, two, three seasons, being able to play like an actual NFL quarterback. Because we've been seeing the passing. I mean, he's been passing fine this season. Michael Pittman's had some good games. He's been making some incredible throws, like the one to Alec Pierce where Aaron Donald was literally holding him. I mean, a fantastic, fantastic quarterback. So the fact that there's even an opportunity right now to buy him means you have to. The other player that landed on IR is unfortunately James Conner. This one, honestly, probably should have been expected at some point this season. James Conner has been spectacular the past two seasons with the Cardinals, getting a ridiculous amount of volume. And as we know, when you get a lot of volume, usually the next season you do end up with an injury. Uh, and here we go. I think he'll be fine overall in the grand scheme of things. It's looking like it's just going to be the IR stint. It is a knee injury, and they still don't know the exact severity, so it could be more than four weeks. But at the very least, it is four weeks. Where you want to go with this is, honestly, I want to say nowhere. Honestly, I want to say nowhere. A lot of people out there, of course, picking up Amari DeMicardo. Some people taking chances on Keontae Ingram as well. I think it's a very high chance that neither of these people are as relevant for fantasy as James Conner. James Conner is a really good running back. He just is. He doesn't get the respect of that, but he's performed time and time and time again. Amari DiMarcardo will get some usage, will probably score a couple touchdowns, but I don't think he has the ceiling, of course, that James Conner does. And I do still expect Keontae Ingram to be used. I'm almost expecting a committee approach here. Keontae Ingram was the backup running back before being injured and has been just battling this neck injury the past couple of weeks and hasn't been able to have game time, which opened the door for DeMarcado. But I do believe as next week, when Ingram is healthy, they will probably turn to him just as much as they turn to Amari DeMarcado. Uh, and that means it's probably not going to be that good for fantasy football. I mean, we're talking about between the two, maybe 80 total yards and maybe a touchdown or two split between them. And that's going to be hard to start. So if anything, if anything, in one league, and this is a very, very deep league that I'm doing this, I have both Ingram and Dermacado. I'm probably going to start both this week because I also had James Conner, and now there's a hole in my roster, and I think that they might combine to be fantasy relevant, but I don't see either one of them being individually relevant. I definitely do think you need to pick up Keontae Ingram. There's still an outside chance that he gets to be the starting running back when, when returning to the roster, so really keep your eye on that. And if Ingram wasn't picked up in your league, but DeMarcado was, go pick up Ingram and see what happens. Obviously, don't start him yet, but he's definitely worth rostering to see what happens. And then, I mean, if DeMarcado gets injured, God forbid, right? Then you're talking about a true bell cow in Ingram and the other way around. So both of these guys need to be rostered, but I don't think I am comfortable enough to start either one this week until I see how the usage goes uh, between the two. Because like I said, I do still think that that Keontae Ingram will have a role in this offense and will get utilized. He did a decent job last year um, and was looking okay this season as well. So I'm not too confident in DeMarcado. And I guess I probably should go back to Anthony Richardson real quick because I didn't even mention Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew so far 
has had 553 pass yards, two touchdowns, and zero turnovers. He's had a very high completion percentage, not taking many chances, not turning the ball over. That's what you can come to expect for him over the next four weeks. I do definitely believe that you can get away with starting Gardner Minshew in your Superflex leagues. I think it'd be totally fine. He's got good weapons. Jonathan Taylor is back, and he's been winning games and staying competitive. Gardner Minshew, a good 20-point type player. Not much ceiling, of course, as he's only had two touchdowns in three games, but still a decent floor and a potential for a nice outing. So Gardner Minshew, I'm definitely going to pick up if he's still available in some of my Superflex leagues and looking to start him if I am quarterback needy. Oh, speaking of being quarterback needy, the Cleveland Browns are having some issues. They don't really know what's going on with Deshaun Watson's shoulder. They know he's injured, and they know he's not 100%, and they know he probably can't play. Tom Pelissero reports that it's a rotator cuff contusion, but he just says that's from sources, so I'm not going to read too much into it. All we know is that it's a shoulder injury. As we know, he sat out week four, and Dorian Thompson-Robinson was given the start. He did not play well. And while this week, returning from the bye, Deshaun Watson did not practice Monday. He did do some some throwing yesterday, but still not padding up, still not full practicing, still looking like he's not going to play this week as well. And so you're probably asking, Jason, is Dorian Thompson Robinson getting the start again? No, no, he's not. That start was so bad to Cleveland, the front office, the coaching staff, DTR himself, that PJ Walker is reported to be the starter this week. If Deshaun Watson is unable to go, I'm taking some speculative shots on P.J. Walker right now before the actual news comes out that Deshaun Watson will be sitting. Definitely something to keep your eye on. And as we mentioned, needing quarterbacks in super flex leagues, I think P.J. Walker could be a very, very interesting option. He's not the best quarterback in the world, but he's a very decent fantasy football quarterback. He offers some rushing floor. There's some good targets in Cleveland. It's a decent offense, and the defense is good as well, so they're keeping these games close. P.J. Walker should have an opportunity to score, like Gardner mentioned, you know, 15 to 25 points, and probably give a decent performance, at the very least better than what Dorian Thompson-Robinson gave us in the exact same situation. So take some speculative shots on P.J. Walker, guys. Take some speculative shots on P.J. Walker. Where do we want to go from here? So many things to talk about. Like I said, Tons of news stories, tons of good news stories. I, I, I was I was making the show sheet and I was like, man, I'm liking the show. This is going to be a fun one. Let's talk about one of the more interesting storylines from yesterday. The Falcons, the Falcons traded for a wide receiver. Why? It's not like they target their wide receivers. Well, they traded for Van Jefferson, who does offer a very low risk, high reward potential. He does have a very decent profile, has flashed in a couple games for the Rams and will fit decently into this Falcons offense. They have been desperate for a deep shot. Last year, they had Demir Bird, who filled in admirably there, but you can get an upgrade in that. And they thought that Scotty Miller would be an upgrade, but Scotty Miller hasn't even really been used. And when he has been used, it hasn't been very good. Scotty Miller on the season, while playing every single game with low snap shares, only has two targets. He's brought in both of those targets, so he has two catches, but only 10 yards. And when you look at last year, Demir Bird was fine. Demir Bird had three games over 50 yards and even had two games where he scored 15 points. In both of those games, he scored a touchdown, a deep shot touchdown. 
that's a part of the offense that Arthur Smith is missing. And so I actually do believe Van Jefferson is going to have a role on this offense. You're never going to know when to start him unless you're in deep leagues. But could he be an interesting DFS shot? Could he just be an interesting end of roster flyer? For sure. For sure. Because like I said, Arthur Smith does like to do these play action deep shots to someone. Scotty Miller hasn't been able to do it. I think Van Jefferson will. So look for him to end up with a couple touchdowns by the end of the season. Look for it to be very annoying for Drake London and Kyle Pitts managers as well as they see him bring in these touchdowns, see him get these deep targets. But I think it's good things overall for the Falcons offense. You're now talking about a very, very decent wide receiver core in Drake London, Van Jefferson, Matt Collins, and then we can count Kyle Pitts, right? And you can count Bijan Robinson and you can count Cordero Patterson. It's a very, very good offense. It really is. And so I'm excited to see what can happen here. I might be using this opportunity to buy Desmond Ritter, right? Buy Desmond Ritter, maybe Taylor Heineke if you're feeling if you're feeling like Ritter isn't the answer. I do think that Ritter has earned himself a much larger leash after Sunday's pretty spectacular performance against the Texans. If he continues to, again, not turn the ball over and get these wins, I don't see why they would bench him, uh, at least not until the bye week, and that's so far from now. So I would be looking to maybe buy Desmond Ritter before, you know, while while we still have this debate on if he is the quarterback for the Falcons or not. And again, this is adding an option to the offense that was needed. So I, I like it. At first, I scratched my head like, why? Why are they doing this? They don't even use their wide receivers. But I see it. Um, I think it's, a like I said at the beginning, a low risk, high reward potential here. They're only giving up 20, 25 pick swaps. So it's barely, it's basically nothing. You basically get a very good athlete for free. So why not do that? I'm very surprised no other teams offered that, but I like it for the Falcons. I like it for Desmond Ritter, and I don't hate it for Van Jefferson. All right, guys, uh, before we continue, let me go ahead and just play a little bit of a promo about player profiling. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free, and one of our key missions is to make as much statistics and information and deep analysis available on playerprofiler.com for free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible. If you can't do All In, that's okay. We have a draft kit. Or you can just subscribe to the player rankings. Those now include tight end premium FFPC ranks. Our brand new data analysis package will blow your hair back. And of course, there's our Dynasty Deluxe and our DFS Dominator. Take a moment, check out our premium services to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show. Go check out Player Profiler. You guys know it. You're listening. It's a fantastic website. We've got great stuff there. But it doesn't just stop there, as when you get the all-in package, you can use promo code JASON for $10 off. And it's important to note that we have cut the price massively. We've gone down from $145 to $85. Throw another, throw my code on there, you're getting another $10 off. What a deal. Fantastic tools beyond just the player profiler website, but the DFS Dominator, the Dynasty Deluxe. You can get all the trade tools. It really is fantastic. So go check that out today, guys. Let me bring my head up a little bit. I, I, I shrunk. All right. Let's talk a little bit about 
Let's talk about Dak Prescott. Let's talk about Dak Prescott. I saw this, and I think it is an interesting storyline. I don't know how much truth there is to it and all this stuff, but uh, as we hear, you know, Dak Prescott and really just the Cowboys turmoil in general this week, uh, some people have been speculating that this might be Dak Prescott's last year in Dallas. I don't really think that's the case, and neither does NFL Draft Scout on Twitter, as he points out that Dak Prescott would count $62 million against the cap if he's released or traded. So it's very difficult to see him go anywhere next year, um, uh, really at all, unless you know someone opts to take the contract. And also, since he costs so much money, it's going to be hard for them to bring in competition for Dak Prescott as well, which means if anything were to happen to Dak Prescott, as talked about on the show, it's Trey Lance. Trey Lance will get another opportunity in Dallas, and I've said it multiple times now. I loved, loved this landing spot for Trey Lance. I think it is an op- an excellent opportunity for him to get right. You don't get many good chances like this, and to land in Dallas behind a quarterback like Dak Prescott on an organization that's so historical, I can't imagine that Trey Lance isn't just sitting there soaking it all in, learning, figuring out what he needs to do. And I do think that if Dak Prescott got hurt, or if they decide to bench him for some reason, if he keeps sucking, then I do think that Trey Lance would come in there and I think he would perform decent. I really do. I think that he would get, you know, CeeDee Lamb his points. I think he'd be able to run a little bit. I think he'd, of course, be able to find Tony Pollard. Luke Schoonmaker may become something, you know. Brandon Cooks could maybe be unlocked. I'm surprised I haven't seen any Brandon Cooks. But just, you know, guys, if you've got Trey Lance on your team, on your Superflex team, your Dynasty Superflex team, of course, keep holding on to him. Keep holding on to him. I really do. I, I see something here. I really do. Let's move on, though, because there's another, you know, young quarterback out there that's garnering lots of hate, and that's Jordan Love, who this week on Monday Night Football threw no touchdowns and three interceptions, two of them to the same guy, has looked terrible, especially in first halves of games. But Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show yesterday just wanted to say there's going to be some growing pains. He's going to be just fine. Take some deep breaths and trust the kid. I love hearing that from Aaron Rodgers. As we know, he's worked closely with him for the past few years, of course, before moving to the Jets, and he does believe in it. And Jordan Love believes in himself, and this team still does as well. The only problem here is he hasn't been able to put together a complete game of football, and last week didn't even put together a good half. Peter Bukowski on Twitter points out, in the first half, Jordan Love is the worst quarterback in the NFL in terms of EPA per play. However, In the second half, Jordan Love leads the NFL in EPA per play. How does he do that? I don't really know. What that tells me is that you need to be trading for Jordan Love right now because week nine and onward, he's going to be leading the league in EPA per play for the second half of the season. Bad first half quarterback, but throwing him in there for the second half, I think he'll be fine. And I'm not panicking about Jordan Love either. You know, you're allowed to have some bad performances. No one was out there when Sam Howell threw the four interceptions against the Bills, screaming, saying it was over for Sam Howell, that Jacoby Brissett is going to get the start, or they're going to re-sign Carson Wentz and bring him in. Jordan Love is going to be fine. They still believe in him. He's still going to be the quarterback for at least this season and maybe next, right? So it's fine. You could probably buy him for pretty cheap right now. He's still got great weapons. We wouldn't even be talking about this if... If Christian Watson wasn't horse collar tackled uh, on the way to scoring another Christian Watson-esque long touchdown, which brings me to the referees as I learned an interesting rule, and I think you guys would like to know this as well. But first, Josh McDaniels 
talks about that horse collar and he called it the right penalty and a really smart play. And I do want to take it aside about that for a second and just say, while Josh McDaniels shouldn't come out and publicly say that as a head coach, he's right. That penalty by Marcus Peters was smart. It's a tactical foul, right? You're preventing a touchdown by doing that. And I also want to commend Marcus Peters for it not being a true horse collar tackle. Yes, he grabbed the back of his collar, but he didn't grab, pull him back, make him buckle his knees and all that. He grabbed him to pull him a little bit closer so then he could do a safe tackle on Christian Watson. It wasn't egregious. It wasn't that bad. It was just a good play. It was a good heads-up play. We see this in every sport, right? You just commit fouls to prevent touchdowns. That's literally what pass interference is. Yes, it's a little bit more egregious than just some pass interference, and it sucked for our fantasy football teams, but was a good heads-up play. It was a good football play. So, I mean, I do want to shout out Marcus Peters for that. However, I did learn that the NFL has a rule where if penalties are deemed palpably unfair, referees can award a touchdown. This is in Rule 11, Section 2, Article 1E. A touchdown is scored when the referee awards a touchdown to a team that has been denied a scoring opportunity by a palpably unfair act. This has never come into practice, but I guarantee it will begin to come into practice at some point this season. Basically, in layman's term, if a penalty is really bad and clearly prevents a touchdown, the referees have the power to just award a touchdown. Look for this to come into play. This is, I believe, a new rule. I've never heard of it, but I did read into it this morning, and I find it very, very interesting. And I'm curious to see it come into practice. I don't think it would apply here. As I said, I think that this foul was fine. And there were enough people around him that it wasn't necessarily palpably unfair. But I'm sure that there is a situation that this could come into play. And I'm definitely curious to see what it would be. So keep your eye on that rule, guys. We might see a penalty touchdown awarded at some point. Let's move on to Sam Laporta. Let's move on to Sam Laporta as he is on a historic pace as a rookie tight end. Patting myself on the back with Sam Laporta. As you guys know, I went on here and claimed he was the best rookie tight end this season, the one you wanted to take. I laid it out saying that with Jamison Williams being suspended and there not being many other pass catching options and Amon Ross St. Brown taking over the middle of the field, Sam Laporta is going to be open. He's going to be thrown to the wolves and he's going to get fed because there's no one else to feed. And he's done a fantastic job with that way exceeded my expectations. He is the only tight end in NFL history uh, to post at least 275 receiving yards and three touchdowns within their first five career games. Uh, the only other one was in 1975, and this was Breaking Bad's Walter White, uh, who was the only other tight end to do it. Uh, and I don't know what happened in his career. I haven't heard the name outside of Breaking Bad, but still something to note. And Sam Laporta on a historic pace, Looking fantastic. Congratulations to everyone that drafted him. I unfortunately wasn't able to get any Sam Laporta shares despite me being high on him. Just a little bit. would always get sniped on him, unfortunately. But uh, glad I at least called it. Glad he's looking good. Uh, and someone else who, of course, is looking good is just the Miami Dolphins as a whole. I saw this stat and was like, that's hilarious. As we all know, the Dolphins scored 70 points in week three. The Giants and the Patriots haven't even scored 70 points this season. The New York Giants have scored 62 points so far this year, 
and the Patriots have only scored 55. The Dolphins outscoring both of those teams season points in only one week. So shout out to the Dolphins as they are just spectacular. One of the best offenses ever right now. The greatest show on surf, as I've been hearing. I like that name. I think that's a fun one. Another big story right now that we have to keep our eye on, especially as some offensive lines, the New York Giants, <laughs> need some uh, help. <laughs> and Eel Collins is working out with teams right now. He worked out with the Jets yesterday, and he's visiting the Giants today or tomorrow. Both teams, of course, need some help. So just keep your eye on what happens with Eel Collins. That would, a, that would be a very, very good boost for whatever team ends up signing him. He could really help. An offensive line. Someone else who needs some help, right? Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick right now on the hot seat after the Patriots are off to such a bad start, as mentioned, right? Haven't even scored as many points as the Dolphins did in one game, only 55 points through the year. And it seems to just be coming back to Bill Belichick. I think, you know, for me, I would just fire him as a general manager before firing him as a coach. But, you know, it doesn't always work like that. And I just saw an athletic article from Jeff Howey who said, if you think Robert Kraft won't fire Bill Belichick, you're wrong. And this goes back to an episode. We talked about this over the offseason. What could happen with Bill Belichick if he's on the hot seat or not? I just felt if it gets to a point where he thinks he's going to get fired, I think Bill Belichick would just retire. I really don't think he wants his legacy tainted like that. But it's definitely possible as he is a very, very stubborn guy uh, and nothing seems to be changing. Like I said, I would just start with removing his general manager duties. He's very bad at it. He can't evaluate talent for the life of him, especially on the offensive side of the ball. He values you know, cheap players way too much, doesn't want to bring in the right players. And then when he finally hits, right, in Jacoby Myers' case, he lets them go. And he brings in a worse wide receiver in Juju Smith-Schuster for the same amount of money. Just really, really terrible management from Bill Belichick. He's still a great defensive mind and football mind, so I, I still personally believe he's a really good coach. But the 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 problems to me arise from his general managerness. Uh, so that's where I would begin. But it doesn't look like that. As as things continue to look bad, it looks like he will just be all out fired, and the Patriots will move on from him in general, which is honestly sad to see. You know, obviously a historic Hall of Fame head coach right here, falling from grace. You never like seeing that. And finally, guys, obviously sad news at this point as he's not playing for the next few weeks. But um, I guess I'll just pull up the Dolphins thing. I didn't make the overlay with his face on it. But I saw a good stat about Devon Achan. And see, I said it right this time. I'm not going to go on a rant about how to pronounce his name. Uh, this is from Reddit user Leading Tip Zero. A lot is made of Devon Achan's ridiculous 12.1 yards per carry. But if you take the longest run out from each game, he's still averaging 7.5 yards per carry. Devon Achan, a true star, a true star. I know that he is injured right now. I know he's out for the next four weeks. But when he comes back, he's going to be fine again. So you've got to be using this opportunity to buy Devon Achan. That is ridiculous that if you take away his break, his longest breakaway run from each game, he still averages 7.5 yards per carry. Just absolutely phenomenal efficiency from the rookie. Great running back. Go buy him while you can.
All right, guys, that is all I have for you. I see a ton of comments here. My God, thank you all for tuning in and thank you all for engaging so much. Let's answer some of these questions. Let's go with just sold Puka for 24 first. Thoughts? I don't know. I don't know. I think I would have asked for a little bit more. I think personally, I would be giving up a first round pick for Puka Nakua. But if that ends up being an early first round pick, I think you're sitting pretty. Obviously, that could end up being Marvin Harrison Jr., who definitely projects to be a little bit better than Puka Nakua. But I mean, Nakua is getting a ridiculous amount of volume and playing really, really well. I do think he is the truth. So I would have probably just held on to him, especially since he's young anyway. But it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, this is a guy that you technically probably got for free. So to get a first round pick, it's not the worst thing in the world. I definitely sold my only Puka Nakua share for much less. So uh, I'm beating myself up over that. Uh, but, you know, that's fantasy football, right? Sometimes you make mistakes. I don't think it's that bad of a move. I think he did fine. And if that does turn into a early pick, you'll definitely be good. Um, let's see. Would you pick up Zach Moss over Roshan? No, I would pick up Roshan over Zach Moss. I know Zach Moss just had a fantastic game with Jonathan Taylor back, but Jonathan Taylor's usage is going to go up and up and up and up and up. And Zach Moss is going to have less opportunities to break away those long runs, which I honestly just don't think he's talented enough to do on a re regular basis. Um, so yeah. Do you think Kendra Miller gets more touches? Yes, I do. I mean, he got a, he got a really good amount of touches. I think it was like 12 carries and four receptions. If I'm not, not, not mistaken. Uh, this Sunday, with Alvin Kamara being fed to a ridiculous degree, I do think Kendra Miller will get some more touches as he is a rookie, as he's explosive. Um, yeah, they'll give him the ball. I mean, I don't think Jamal Williams is going to come back to much opportunity here. I think it is going to be Kamara and Miller. Um, let's see. Who would you rather have rest of season? Deontay Johnson, Rasheed Rice, or Jerry Judy? Uh... I would probably go with Jerry Judy. I mean, I think, you know, obviously he's attached to a Broncos offense that's been throwing the ball a lot, but also he could end up being traded to a team like the Panthers where he'll be the number one option. Again, I do still believe in Jerry Judy. He's still, to me, a really good wide receiver. I think one day he will at least meet or come close to meeting his first round draft capital. So out of these, I would go with Judy. I am not really trying to latch on to any Chiefs wide receivers, really now or ever. The only Chief I want is Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, let's see. Sold Puka Damian Harris at a 2024 third last week for Devontae Smith in a 2024 first. This is where I like it. I think that this is essentially Puka Nakua for Devontae Smith. And then you've somehow also got a first thrown in for some really bad assets. Damian Harris is not going to be usable at all. And who cares about your 2024 third? This is a huge win for you, Brian. I love that move. Um, let's see. You could, uh, Danny from the last question says that he could potentially get all three. Rice is probably the two to Kelsey. Um, but, yeah, and Deontay could be the picket safety blanket. I'm not a big Deontay Johnson guy. I'm really not. I think it's George Pickens, man. I really do. Let's see. A dumb rule to the referees being able to allow a touchdown. Yeah, probably, but it's interesting. Would you drop Hunter Henry for Logan Thomas and PPR? I think so right now. I mean, Logan Thomas is being utilized a lot. And as we know, with Eric Bieniemy's time in Kansas City, he does like the tight end. He does scheme them open. So I think that that is a decent move. Uh, and you're not comfortable starting Hunter Henry right now, even if he was really good the first couple weeks. Let's see. Uh, how much fab for Ameri Mercado? 
with a hundred dollars, I would probably not spend more than 20. I would probably throw a good 16 bucks on him, maybe 11 even or 12. You know, I'm, I really, I think he's fine, but I, that honestly, we had been talking about him for weeks, just saying to stash him for the past couple of weeks, because I think he's better as a free guy. Uh, it's very hard to decide how much fab to spend because I do think Keontae Ingram has some usage. Josh Dobbs is probably going to run a little bit more as well. I don't know. I don't know how much ceiling is actually there for Amari, but the, of course, floor is there, which is good, right? I mean, this is a decent option here. Would you trade Lamar Jackson for Russell Wilson and Kyron Williams? I would hold on to Lamar. I would hold on to Lamar. Uh, Roshan or Jerome Ford going forward? Uh, I think Roshan. I think Roshan. Um, I know Jerome Ford is the guy right now, but it's looking like Roshan's going to be the guy for the next couple weeks, and we've been on him all offseason. I think that I, I would be leaning the Roshan side. Is buying Darnell Mooney for a 2024 third a decent move as a contender? I, I don't think so. I think that that's a fine move. I mean, what are you going to – I mean, you would honestly hope that your third-round pick turns into Darnell Mooney. And outside of last week, he was looking decent. So, yeah, I think that that's a fine – I think that's a fine one. Um, obvious, especially if he needs some wide receiver help, I think he's going to have some games where he could be utilized for sure. So, yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad move at all. Ryan says he stashed Keaton Mitchell instead of Amari. I think he'll be happier with that. I do think Keaton Mitchell ends up more relevant than Amari DeMarcado. Would you drop, drop Anthony Richardson for Baker, Young, or Minshew in seasonal? I, I'm assuming that there's no IR slots here. I don't think you can drop Anthony Richardson, though. I really don't, at least until we hear it becoming more than four weeks. If it becomes more than four weeks, you could drop him. But for now... I'm holding on to him. I do think if I have Anthony Richardson, I'm definitely looking to just go pick up Gardner Minshew and start him. Um, and I think Baker and Bryce Young could be decent options as uh, as well. But I, I can't be dropping Anthony Richardson. I can't do it. Um, Kenneth Walker, Tony Pollard, David Montgomery, which two do you start? I would go David Montgomery and Kenneth Walker, I think. Tony Pollard and just the Cowboys offense, not looking that good right now. Not looking that good right now. Would you drop any of these guys for Rondale Moore? Robert Woods, Rasheed Rice, Kendra Miller, Zach Charbonnet, uh, Pierre Strong. Probably Pierre Strong or Zach Charbonnet. Either one, maybe more strong. Maybe more strong over the two. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would probably be trying to get Rondale Moore for one of those guys. And finally, I saw one here on Instagram. Would you rather have Michael Pittman or Nico Collins rest of season? Mm, I think Michael Pittman. I think Michael Pittman, but it's very, very close. Nico Collins has had a great year and the Texans are throwing the ball a lot. CJ Stroud looks really good, but Pittman has a little bit more just known value, been doing it longer. And Gardner Minshew is going to be throwing the ball a lot more than Anthony Richardson was. So yeah, I think I would lean Pittman, but it's a good question. Very close. Nico Collins looks fantastic. All right, guys, that was wake and take thank you all for tuning in as always i will see you all tomorrow for a little bit of a thursday night preview and breaking down some more news that'll be at 10 a.m eastern on the player profiler youtube facebook and instagram you all have a wonderful wednesday and a fantastic rest of your week have a good one peace